Christian Arcan. We like the hippie in here. Christian and King. Weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. What do you need? What do you want? Can I not just live here without having to occasionally deal with you animals? Now, here's Christian Arcan and Tom King. We're back. It's Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. Nice to have you with us here this afternoon on this Wednesday, press conference Wednesday. And you know what that means. It means Tom Brady didn't talk. <laughs> Brady didn't talk. He talks tomorrow. We, right. We'll hear from him tomorrow. Belichick did talk, and you have to sift through some jet stuff before you get to the Michael Floyd stuff at the end. But uh, the end is pretty interesting. A yeah. little, you know, interesting. So it's it's worth uh, worth waiting for. Yeah. He spoke for about 12 minutes, so we'll run that for you right now and then come back. Here it is from earlier today, Bill Belichick. All right, well, uh, I know we played the Jets a few weeks ago, but really this has um, been quite a few changes from um, in this past month. So we got a lot of work to do relative to uh, preparing for this game on another short week. Um you know, offensively, um, a team that was very explosive. Um, it's become even more explosive with uh, kind of the emergence of um, Anderson, Powell, um, Jenkins, uh, plus, you know, the Ananwa, Marshall, Forte um, group that we already, you know, spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, but these guys, um, Powell and Anderson in particular, have been extremely productive um, and explosive the last a uh, few weeks, and um, it's like Petty has a lot of confidence in those guys, and, um, and their production's been been very impressive. Defensively, uh, same thing. Some some new players in the secondary. Um, it's like some uh, by necessity, others um, maybe not. But um, not sure which of these guys will will be back or how they'll how they decide to play them. But uh, you know, Burris has done a I've done a good job for him. Uh, corner Williams at, at the nickel spot. Uh, screen has been out, but you know we know he's a good player. Of course, uh, you know Revis Pryor. Um, they've, they've done a good job uh, with those with those guys. Same thing, linebacker getting Lee back. We got him back in our game, but you know he's played a lot more now. Um, doesn't come off the field. Looks like they're getting uh, some guys back at outside linebacker, defensive end, however you want to call it. <clears throat> So, um, again, a little bit of a different look than uh, what we saw a month ago, or even in the last couple of weeks as we've gone through these games, where the where the rotation or the players that are available to them uh, been been a little bit different. So, I uh, think they've they've built some depth. Um, maybe they weren't necessarily trying to do, but sometimes it works out that way. You know, the kicking game, you know, Martin's still, um, you know, the guy to stop. I mean, he's one of the top players in the league. He's done a great job for him. Um, you know, we got to do a good job on Marshall, a big, strong runner back there. Um, kind of different than a lot of guys that we see, but, you know, hard guy to tackle, very physical runner. So they've got good good players in the kicking game, a lot of, <laughs> lot of aggressiveness. Um, their linebackers, their safeties, uh, they do a good job. Uh, good punt rush team, good punt force team, so. Um, a lot of a lot of weapons offensively, uh, a lot of a lot of different 
faces, I would say, from where we were a month ago. Uh, we've got to really hone in our preparation for a team that, uh, on paper, um, you would think we know well, but in this case, I'd say really there's a lot of a lot of work to do. And so, uh, another short week, we'll just have to have to grind through it here. Um, so, that's where we're at. Bill, I know you always prepare for every possibility in terms of the opposing quarterback, but in this situation, how different are Fitzpatrick and Petty to prepare for? Uh, I mean, they're both good. They both are athletic. They can both run. Um, both throw a good deep ball. Um, obviously, Fitzpatrick has a little more experience, but Petty's got a good arm. He's thrown some, some balls into tight spots. Um, and it's kind of lasered him in there. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick is the same kind of guy. He's an aggressive thrower, especially down the field. Uh, and those receivers will go get the ball, uh, especially Marshall and Anonwa. But you know, Anderson has shown that he'll go up and get it in a crowd too, go up and take it away. He's got great leaping ability, and good timing. I mean, he's not as big as those guys, but his his ability to go up and and time his jump and and take the ball away from defenders, um, like he did in the San Francisco game. Um, and he's obviously got great speed, like we saw in the Rams game. Um, but he's you know the Miami game. I mean, he's he's made big plays every week. So um, it's I think the quarterbacks. You know, any quarterback likes a receiver that's open, and a receiver that makes plays, and they they got a bunch of them. So I think that's you know we got to do the job on the quarterback, but we got to cover the receivers. Powell's you know right at the top of the leagues in the top I don't know three four whatever it is in receiving for backs. He's got fifty some catches, so they get a lot of production out of him too. And he's tough with the ball in his hands. So that's a lot of explosive players. Bill, continuing on Powell, things that I've read suggest that the thing about him is he runs hard every play and keeps his motor running, and that's when he's most dangerous. When you think you got him, you don't. He makes a lot of yards on his own. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but he's he does run hard. He's got good balance. He gets hit, but he's able to maintain his balance, stay on his feet. Um, he's got, got good feet. He spins and, um, you know, ducks under some tackles, a little, little bit unorthodox, but, uh, but athletic. He, guys don't really get, um, a lot of clean shots at him. He's able to avoid those hits and, as I said, spin off him or, or bounce off him for extra yards, retain his, regain his balance sometimes. And, um, he's turned a lot of three yard completions into 15 yard gains or 10 yard gains where he makes a couple guys miss in space and, um, Things like that. He's bounced out some runs. He had a couple against San Francisco where he, you know, started up inside over the guard or off tackle, and then you know saw some space, got outside, and you know makes a guy miss in space, and it's 15 yards. So uh, he's he can run inside, but he's he's got good vision, and good quickness, and when he gets outside, he's a, he's a tough guy to handle in space. And he plays hard. He's he's very uh, very aggressive runner. He's. He, he gets a lot of extra yards on his own. He doesn't go down easy. He's a he's a tough kid and and um, he's got good good run instincts. Knows how to gain yards. Well, I think today is the day you guys have to make that decision we talked about last week on Jacoby. Been reminding me about it every couple of days, Mike. I appreciate that. I would have think I would have slipped by. And we'll, we will make that decision. And no breaking news. Yeah, well, we will make that decision. We'll make it by the time we have to make it. We'll absolutely make it. Um, four Pro Bowlers, um, Tom, Devin, Dante, and Matthew. What are your thoughts on 
the four guys that were named to the team. I mean, they're all good players. Um, they've all done a good job for us. You know, Pro Bowl, I mean, it is what it is. So I don't really comment on the process or all that, but all the players that are selected are good players. There's a lot of other good players in the league, too. How, who gets selected and doesn't get selected. I mean, I don't know. Talk to the voters. It's only been a couple of days. How, how is Michael Floyd coming along? Uh, you know, we'll practice today. I mean, we didn't practice yesterday, so practice today. Let's see where we're at. Well, on, uh, on Devin, <coughs> I mean, you made the Pro Bowl, I think, in 2010 as a, as a corner to make that transition to a safety and get that kind of recognition at two different positions. What does that speak to, you know, how hard he has worked over his career to make that transition? Yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty impressive because that's uh... – you know, it's a tough transition to make because you're, you're seeing the game from two different spots. You're seeing the game from outside in on the perimeter, and you're seeing the game from inside out uh, with a lot of a lot of people that can get to you uh, from the safety position. And usually he's in the middle of the field, so he's not a um, you know guy that's in a shorter space, a down type safety. He's usually, although he does do that, but uh, so he sees the game from the inside out from the free safety position and from the outside in as a corner. Um, Devin's very smart. He has great awareness of the entire concept of the defense, what the what the defense is designed to do, what strengths are, what it's taken away, where we're weak, how to try to compensate for that. Sometimes we have checks that will get us out of situations that we uh, feel vulnerable in in certain calls. So uh, he's responsible for a lot of that. But you know, his leadership, uh, his, his on-the-field play, uh, his toughness, his – He's done whatever we asked him to do, whether it's return kickoffs or cover kicks or block the gunners on the punt return team or rush field goals or whatever it is. He's He's been a, not only a dependable player but a good player for us in all those different areas. And, and as I said, he gives us great communication, great leadership on and off the field. How much flexibility does he give you on defense with his ability to – <clears throat> drop down and cover and are there things on defense that you might not be able to do if he wasn't back there at free safety wouldn't be able to do them as well yeah I don't either not do them or not do them as well yeah so to take basically a corner and be able to drop them down into coverage situations is a, um, that's a, that's definitely a weapon um, and with the safety position um, his speed his range to cover this field in the deep part of the field but also in the running game to close down those alleys when the, the runners get through those off-tackle or sometimes bounce plays out, that type of thing, uh, to be able to, to get to those. And he's a good tackler. He wraps up and, you know, had a big hit last week in the in the Denver game on fourth down. So he's a good contact player. But he's a sure tackler. Some guys you know, come down and they get some and they miss some. He, he doesn't miss very many. Um, he's, a, he's a sure tackler. And uh, when he's got a chance to, you know, to make a solid contact, he'll do that. But... He doesn't do it at the expense of missing a guy and you know giving up another twenty or thirty yards after the play. So um, his judgment, uh, his decision making back there, which is a critical part of that position, is is key. But his coverage ability, his ability to play the run and the pass, play down, play back, uh, play corner in some situations where we have to match a safety up outside on an extended receiver or a tight end or something like that. Uh, things that he's he's done a lot and is comfortable with. So he, he gives us a lot of versatility. Bill, it's been out a while, but somebody edited a video of you singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas at the podium right there. Have you seen it? No, I missed it. Yeah. Great.
<laughs> yeah, so it's been edited, yeah. True or false, Bill Belichick goes caroling every year. <laughs> Love Carolyn. And just on uh, the topic of videos, uh, that Michael Floyd video was kind of ugly. Had you seen that a week ago, do you think he still would have claimed them? Yeah, uh, we were aware of his situation when we claimed them. Have you seen the video before you claimed them? We were aware of the situation before we claimed them. He's in an ongoing legal situation that I'm not going to comment on. I wonder if the people have any system in place uh, or procedure or process to help support a guy like Floyd following the DUI charge. Uh, well, we have a lot of things in our in our um, on our team to handle a multitude of things that players coaches, anybody in our organization really that, that can come up. There are a lot of things outside of football that we all deal with. Uh, it's a long, long list and we provide a lot of resources for everybody on that. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Okay, thank you. And that was Bill Belichick getting the hell up out of there once they uh, started really asking him about Floyd. Could you, could you wait until I didn't have my mouth full? I guess. I mean, come on. Probably could have. You know? I like the little rope-a-dope there the guy gave him. So he's singing Christmas carols, plays a little song, and uh, hey, how about that DUI? Boom. Softened him up with a the jab, then came over with the right That hand. was my uh, favorite TV guy. That's gave the guy him, I always criticize. Yeah, your favorite guy. I know. That, do your actually, job, eat your carrots guy. Actually, he did a good job there. Yeah. I have to give him credit where credit is due. Yeah, gave him the rope-a-dope. A um, little more uh, details of Michael Floyd DUI coming out now. Michael Floyd is now facing a mandatory 45 days in jail. You know why? Because he got a super extreme DUI. An extreme DUI is when you're twice the legal limit, which is .08. And an extreme DUI would mean you have a blood alcohol level of .15 to .19, which is, you know, okay. in that. Uh, Michael Floyd's blood alcohol level was .217. Which means he was slightly under three times the legal limit. And that Mile is called by. a super extreme DUI. Super double secret probation. Super, yeah, I was just going to say super extreme. I've never heard that. That, that. Is that a legal term? Yeah, I guess. Is it really? In Arizona. An extreme oh, DUI Arizona, okay. is point one five to point one nine. Maybe it's other places too. I don't know. Right. Uh, super extreme DUI is anyone with a blood alcohol level over point two. Um, it carries a mandatory 45-day jail sentence if convicted. The person must install an interlock alcohol monitoring device in their car, and they may not drink alcohol for 90 days. This is all TMZ Sports, by the way. Now, this is for super extreme? For super extreme, yeah. What's he doing in his car anyway? He's he's not going to be able to drive. Yeah. What's the point? True. He shouldn't shouldn't be able to drive. Or maybe that's, you know, when they get their... (laughs) Oh, when they get their license back. Yeah. All right, okay, okay. One of those things where you blow into the... to start the car. Oh, really? I didn't know they had those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? An interlock alcohol monitoring device, I think, is one of those things you blow into, and it says you're sober, and then it allows the car to start. Tech like Gatorade? Mm, I don't know. Uh, orange juice? I read somewhere, and I don't know if they still have it like this, that the uh, thing will randomly ask you to blow into it like while you're driving yeah? to see if you you know screwed around at all. Yeah. Imagine that. You're driving, and all of a sudden you got to blow into a straw and... And, and if While you, you're on the road? But the thing is, if you don't do it, what does the car do? Just shut down? That's going to cause know. an accident. You'd think, yeah. I don't know exactly how it works. That's really dangerous. I mean, that's that's kind of dangerous. 
At the time of his arrest, Floyd told cops he had only had one or two glasses of red wine before he got behind the wheel of his SUV. Uh, when the cow- cops found Floyd, he was passed out behind the wheel. A uh, .217, that's like two or three okay, bottles. Okay, this is what two I want. Two or three wa- bottles. You know what I want to know is? Where was he? I'd like he to was know. at an intersection in Scottsdale. No, no, no. I, I know where he was when he was picked oh, up. Okay. I'd like to know where he was beforehand. It was a Monday, right? I, didn't, I, hadn't they just flown back from a... I have no idea what day it was. I can't say that for sure. I don't know if it was Sunday night or Monday night. Okay. But um, I'd love to know where he was. <clears throat> and if it was at a bar, is the bar in trouble? You know? Because mm-hmm. if he was that drunk, they must have known it. Yeah. Unless it was a, a big place where you can't really, you know, you know like a, cl- a big club or a big, you know, big size bar where you're, you know, people are all over the place. Right. But if he was the one ordering the drinks, which for a football player, a lot of times that's, uh, you know, 80% of the time, that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. Somebody's buying it for you, yeah. fans or whatever. But I'd love to know, or was he at a private home? I don't know. I, I would love to know where he was. And I'm sure that the Patriots know where he was, or the Cardinals had to know where he was. Yeah, he said he was drinking wine earlier in the night, but Uh, then later he said he was drinking on the team flight from Miami back to Arizona. Then he said something about picking up his nephew. I mean, he was saying all sorts of stuff. Right, right. Oh, so maybe if it was on a team flight, it was Sunday night, right? Was it Sunday? Must have been Sunday night. They lost a tough game it was there. They lost a tough Monday game. Mo- no, so it was Monday morning. Right, it was Sunday, so Sunday night. night. That same yeah, night, Sunday into night, Monday yeah. morning. So, yeah. all right, right, so that's right. what it was. So that's so my so so I gotta say, and I'm gonna take a guess here that the majority of that alcohol was consumed on the team flight, and if that's the case, the Cardinals have some explaining to do. Yeah, they do. They really do. Okay, if that's the case. Because if he's, you know, I mean, I don't know what the rules are on those flights. You know, they're chartered flights, I imagine. So I don't know what the deal is. But they released him. Mm. But if that's the case, if he was allowed to do that and they let him drive. Right. They got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, they certainly do. If that's the case. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure. Right. He might have gone somewhere and, you know. He might have gone somewhere from the plane to the flight. Right. I mean, from the flight to to somewhere else. But how do we know that for sure? Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. the game was a 1 o'clock game. Let's do the timeline here. The game was a 1 o'clock game. They probably got out of Miami. They probably got out of the locker room. If my, you know, from my, you know, covering games and stuff like that, between five and six, probably by, by six o'clock, five thirty at the, at the, probably five thirty at the earliest, six six thirty at the latest, six six o'clock at the latest. Mm-hmm. All right, because I know when I leave Gillette, sometimes it's seven. Everybody's gone. I mean, yeah. all the teams are gone. All the players are gone. So, for a one o'clock game. All right, so six thirty. Now you got to go from the stadium in Lauderdale. <coughs> To the airport. Right. It's going to take some time. Take some time to get on the flight. My guess is the flight probably didn't leave till 8 o'clock. Just thinking out loud. Just, just you know, just my guess. Mm-hmm. Flight from Florida to Arizona? 
It's a good four or five four hours. Four and a half hours, yeah, yeah. about that, that's right. So I'm figuring he didn't get back home till midnight Eastern time. Yeah. But they're two hours, there's a two-hour difference there, I think, in, in, in Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken. So it was probably 10 o'clock Arizona time. So there's four hours there from when he was picked up, four and a half hours, that more alcohol could have been consumed, or all of it could have been consumed. I don't know when. But my guess is, I, I, I got to think, mm. just on an assumption, yeah. that a lot of that alcohol was drunk on the team flight. If that's the case, and they let him go, ee, yeah, NFL really ought to be take, taking a close look at this. No kidding. Uh, 603-883-9900 is your phone number, 883-9900. Quick break. We'll be right back after this year. It's Christian and King. You're listening to Christian and King. Stay tuned for The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. If you've been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight, well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, paint and supplies, wallpaper flooring, and especially window treatment and installation services. They take you from start to finish. Everything from the estimation to the delivery and installation. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, you've got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings it back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. ADT presents what to consider when considering home security. An ADT sign is more than a sign. It's a line in the sand. On one side, your family. On the other, an uncertain world. For over 140 years, more people have chosen ADT to help prevent crime than anyone else. Get ADT starting at just $28.99 a month. Tested, trusted, proven ADT. With 36-month contract for licensing and terms and conditions, visit ADT.com. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? Oh, I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! 
So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels. And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Corporal John Vale was injured on patrol in Kuwait. The truck flipped, a vehicle landed on me. I realized I can't move my legs. I'm looking for one person, one contact that can help me. When John arrived at the VA, there was someone, Stephen Bush of Paralyzed Veterans of America. He helped John with his claim and became his advocate to get him back into life. When I approach someone that's newly injured, I want them to feel comfortable that they're not alone. For over 65 years, Paralyzed Veterans of America, through their national service officers, has helped hundreds of thousands of veterans get the care and benefits they've earned. And their service is free to America's veterans and their families. If you need help with a claim or just navigating the system, contact us at pva.org. Paralyzed Veterans of America, changing lives, building futures. They fought for our country. They defended our way of life. And now they live on the streets, those same streets they sacrificed their lives to protect. Right now, there are over 600 homeless veterans living in New Hampshire, and over 7,000 are at severe risk of becoming homeless. If you know of a veteran that's been forced to live on the streets or could be at risk of losing their home, or if you just want to learn more, please contact Supportive Services for Veteran Families at www.harborhomes.org. They defended our way of life, and now you can help them get back to the way of life they fought to protect. This is where the sports fans tune for every big game. Ah! It's ESPN New Hampshire. play he goes i'm a killer he was the he was guy that the celtics assassin. don't need right you're talking to me like i ever said that no no i'm just ta- right. talking to the to the fandom who decided that that was the case you know it oh, we're better was, off it wasn't that many people we're better off without him. it was a small some media people oh yeah sure who i'm not gonna name names. felger I'm not going to name names. But think you really was... meant that? You think anyone really meant oh, that? Oh, yeah. They oh, won I... one game. Oh, yeah. No, I think they did. No one really thought that they I would think be they better did. You know why? Because everybody was overanalyzing what's wrong with them and why aren't they better than they should be. Mm-hmm. And that's why. You know? They thought they had finally isolated the, the reason. <coughs> yeah. 
You know? Their best player. That's yeah, exactly. Right. That's what I told you. I told you none of their success last year would have happened, and the year before making the playoffs would have happened unless, until the, everything changed for them when they traded for him. Mm-hmm. Everything changed. They got better yeah. right away. Right away. Because they got a scorer. They got an offensive player who could do stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that. They didn't have a creator. They didn't have, a, they didn't have a, a, a guy who could pump in points, whether it be starting him or off the bench. You know? So that's the whole difference. Mm-hmm. The last, last, last night he proved how valuable he is. And you know what else? You know what else somebody proved last night? What? Al Horford proved he still can't make a layup at the buzzer. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, good Lord. He looked up. How can a guy? I said it in the office last night. There's the 0.9 seconds left. I said it in the news. How can a guy that tall not make a layup two inches away from the rim? It looked like the ball slipped out of his hand. It did? It looked like he jumped up and hit the rim. Yeah. He didn't know he was under the rim. Yeah. And he bonked the ball off the off the bottom of the rim. The bottom of the rim. Yeah. All he had to do was slam it home. All he had to do was take it and go boom. Mm-hmm. Game over. Under one second. And the funny thing was, he gets the ball. It was a perfect lob. Oh, yeah. It was perfect play. And they ran, a, they ran another perfect play. When uh, they inbounded to Horford, and then Horford just dropped the bounce pass to Thomas, who came streaking down the left side. Thomas takes it in, misses the layup, but he got fouled. I think that might have been an overtime when that happened. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that play, <laughs> Horford gets it, goes up with his hand, it hits the bottom of the rim and oh, comes back into Lord. his hands, and then he flips it back up again and it goes in. But the thing, it, it was already a little too yeah. late. Yeah, it I was mean, that way was too just late. Funny. It was. It was funny watching. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I know. When I saw him have the ball, I go, "Oh, this game's over." Oh, and Memphis, of course, couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, you know that was the first overtime game for who the coaches Super them. Uh, the Grizzlies. Yeah, who's their coach? Mm, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to picture him from yesterday. So, you know who the uh, Grizzlies coach is? No. Okay. David Fizdale. Oh, no wonder we don't know who the Grizzlies coach is. <laughs> oh, you know, Fizz. Fizz. Man, the Fizz. Yeah, the Fizz. Right. Yep. Don't disrespect the Fizz like that. I know. That's true. I don't even think this guy has a Wikipedia page. I'm serious. I don't Fizz. think David Fizdale has a Wikipedia page. Probably not. Well, David Fizdale's got a, a team that's got a little bit of talent on it, and I think they need to be playing a little bit better at home. I oh, know he does have a Wikipedia page. He needs to be playing a little bit better at home. Um, let's see. Did he play? He ever play? No, he's just a coach. Just a coach. Yeah. Played in college. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or did he even play in college? I don't even know yeah. if he did. Born in Los Angeles, Fisdale attended Los Angeles High School. For me yet. He, he played in high school and then he attended college at San Diego where he graduated with a BA in communications. Then he coached Team Shaq. A squad selected by Shaquille O'Neal at the 2013 Rising Stars Challenge. His team was defeated by Charles Barkley's Team Chuck. <laughs> team Shaq against Team Chuck. <laughs> After the reshuffle of the coaching staff, Fizdale became an associate head coach on Team Shaq? Who cares? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who, how this guy who, got the job. How did he get the job? I don't know. Hey, after you know what? After this coaching gives, Team Shaq, they figured they needed to. This get- gives me hope. You know why? <laughs> I was the most improved player at the Albany Jewish Community Center yeah. in 1972 or whatever it was. And I'm not even Jewish. And I was I won the most improved player. I got I, I got as many qualifications as he does. I can coach. Yeah. You know? Well, did you ever coach the Jewish equivalent of Team Shaq? 
trying to think of what that might be. <laughs> it's got to be a good religious name for it. I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Team Mench? I don't know. Uh, anyways. I know what the doctor's equivalent is. Team David, Quack. David Fisdale. Fisdale was an assistant in Miami when they won the championship. Oh, there you go. There you go. That gives it to him. Right. Right. The Fizz. The fizz. Nobody beats the Fizz. The Fizz. <laughs> You know, I watched an old movie, a uh, 1970s, early 1970s movie. It was a, this is this is embarrassing, but it was a Dracula movie. Okay. And it, was, it was set in in England, <clears throat> and it was you know they all the, all the 70s clothes and expressions far out, you know, all that, and they call you know what they call the cops back then, the fudge. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so imagine if if Fizdale was a cop, <laughs> the Fizz would be a part of the fuzz. Right. He'd be Fizz Fuzz. The Fizz Fuzz. The Fizz Fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> this show went way off the As rails. usual, we sent Sully out of here just completely shaking his head and, and, and <laughs> laughing too hard that he can't really concentrate on what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's what happens. You start talking about the fizz and everything. The fizz goes, and the fuzz. Everything you know? just goes haywire. Just, everything just goes to hell. And that's, that's classic it. fizz. You know, yeah. that's really just oh, yeah. classic. classic fizz. Classic. Uh, Danny Amendola and Woodrow Hamilton. Absent from Patriots practice, Hamilton has been waived. That's why he's absent. To open a spot for Jacoby Brissett. So people who are thinking that maybe they'd cut Floyd to bring Brissett back, since if they're going to bring him back this year, they have to do it this week. They had to do right. it today, actually. They had to do it today, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Instead, uh, so instead the, President Hamilton was let go. Exactly. The man with, I would say, the best name. Woodrow Hamilton. Woodrow Hamilton. Elected president twice. Ugh. <laughs> How about that? How do you cut Woodrow Hamilton? How do you cut the guy who's been elected president twice? Woodrow did he, give a, did he give a concession speech after he was cut? I wonder. <laughs> I Four wonder. score and three months ago, I was I know. drafted by this team. Was he drafted by the team? I don't, I don't know. Is Hamilton drafted? I don't, I don't think know. he was. I don't think he was. I was signed as a free agent right. by the mighty Patriots of New England. Yep. And it is with a heavy heart today <laughs> that me and my constituents return to free agency. Uh, he'll probably just float around for a while. They'll re-sign him if someone gets hurt. I don't know. That's probably their practice squad. They can re-sign him to the practice squad. Did he squad. do anything this year? Is he well thought of? Do they like him? I mean, is he, you know, Woodrow Hamilton? Yeah, I typed his name for the Anatos a couple of times, but I think he did play a little <laughs> bit, you know? And that's about it. Uh, texter in the uh, 603 says, Pats don't get special treatment. Then why no finer penalty when Butler did the brown dance? And why is Branch still playing? Signed, Barry F. Why is Branch still br- playing? Yes. He said Blanche, though. Oh, Blanche. Yeah. Oh, all right. Blanche uh, from the Golden Girls, I guess. Right. There you go. Yeah. Right. I didn't know she was playing. <laughs> uh, Branch is still playing because the league screwed up his drug test. Right. And even, you know, if they wanted to screw the Patriots, you can't do that. They got legal rights. And uh, Butler doing the brown dance? What, you think he should be suspended for that? What brown? What's a brown dance? Antonio Brown's dance, remember? Oh, Butler yeah, picked yeah. Off the pass right. and did oh, the that's dance right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not going to no, no, that's not going to happen. No, there's no reason. There's what no reason. Ta- to, like, what yeah, what, yeah what is all this? There's nothing. This has got nothing to do with anything, really. You know, if if Butler got suspended for doing that dance, that would be the most insane thing that's happened. That would be worse than the Brady suspension. But I do think that if the Patriots use walkie-talkies, they should lose every first-round pick from here until 2030. If they use walkie-talkies, Ooh. I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell would have cut off one of Bill Belichick's fingers. I think he would have. <laughs> <laughs> or they might just behead Belichick and put his head on a spike. It in, depends in on what kind of walkie-talkie. It depends on what kind of walkie-talkie they use, though. 
It looked like one of those you toy know? walkie-talkies. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you got to use know? those. You know, those are the ones that work. Remember when, over. remember when uh, a cell phone company, once uh, some cell phone company came out with like the walkie-talkie version of a cell phone or whatever, and people were using it all the time? Yes. And it, people would have it on like the T and on subways and in public places. It would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to hear your conversation, you know? So, beep. <laughs> Copy that. Beep. Uh, let's go to the phone. 603-883-9900 is the phone number. 883 <clears throat> Eric is in Manchester. Hey, Eric. Oh, well, guys, I want to say uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you folks. You Happy too, New Year, Eric. Eric. Yeah, How are you? Year, you guys are going to make it to Manchester. I know it's been talked about for years. We're never coming to Manchester, ever. I hope so. We're not. Don't Don't wait for us. Don't wait up for us, Eric. I don't think it's ever gonna. I, honestly, at this point, I can't imagine. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's in the cards anymore. But you know what? You never know. There may be a Christmas miracle. But I would just say this: if you've been waiting, you know, if you've been waiting there across the street yeah, for us to waiting by the waiting by the doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, right. I, don't do. It'd be you a long do wait. It'd be anymore. a long wait. I think. Yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah, don't well, worry. I, I hope that happens. But anyways, the uh, I got two questions, and I'm gonna hang up and listen to your response on the okay. radio. The, the uh, why is it that they always say that the uh, the Raiders have the. Uh, the number one seed over the Patriots, and what do you think of uh, Bud Selig making the Hall of Fame? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you very much. All right. Let's see. Raiders over Patriots. Tiebreakers. Uh, that's got to be something to do with conference uh, record, I think, right? Yeah, conference record. But that may have changed because they lost a game in the conference. They lost to Kansas City. So Patriots' two losses have only – Patriots have only lost one game in conference, and that's to Buffalo. So the – Patriots actually may have taken that tiebreaker back in their favor. But I'm not positive on that, but I'm, I think so. Okay, that's one. Bud Selig, there was a lot of outcry about that. I don't understand why. I think Bud Selig changed the game in a lot of ways as commissioner. Now, I don't agree with a lot of things he did, but during his term as commissioner, as commissioner, mm-hmm. a lot of things about the game of baseball changed. Yeah, that's true. You know, does that make him a Hall of Famer? I mean, like, if you're going to keep guys out of the Hall of Fame for doing steroids, but you're going to put in the commissioner who turned the other looked away when it all yeah. Was I, mean, I mean, I know that that's a part of that's an issue bogus too. To me, I think. And that's an issue too. But I think Bud Selig, I think a lot of things as he, you know, I think he stabilized the game. Now, I didn't agree with what they did to Faye Vincent. All right. I thought that Faye Vincent basically, you know, called the owners, you know, out on a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they didn't like that, so they fired him. Okay, all right. Then they put Seelig in there. In terms of what Seelig did as commissioner, I, I can't think of other commissioners that had more of an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. So for that alone, I put him in a Hall of Fame. That's, All right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at it. I mean, good and bad impact. Yeah. You know? So I'm looking well, then at. Well, you got to put in Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all those guys. Well, a lot too. of people are just talking about impact. A lot of people are. I'm saying, would you? Uh, with Clemens, uh, with Bonds and Clemens, uh, yeah, I would. I, I mean, would. I wouldn't even yeah. think twice about it. Yeah, I would. I, I think the steroid thing with the Hall of Fame vote is such a the one. Chance. The one thing I would like, for example, Manny Ramirez, I wouldn't. And the reason is. He got caught red-handed not once but twice. Yeah. All right. So that that I wouldn't. They never, the wrote, others, a, they never wrote a book about him like they the did o- about Bonds. Right. Right. 
Like, I mean, he had a whole book. But Bonds never. They wrote a novel. But Bonds never. Baseball. I got to go review all of it. But look, Bonds did it. We all know he did it. All right. Mm -hmm. But I think the circumstances were that they never really came out and baseball didn't get him, find him, catch him, find him, suspend him. That never happened. But I, I'm, I don't want to go into the steroid stuff. I just think ceiling on his, on his merit for what he did for the game. Okay, I think that that was a, a – that Sully did that. That was a big deal. Okay. It changed the game. So uh, I'll, I'll – I'll, Changing the game is, you know. It's impact, a huge impact on the game. Sure. I think he had a huge impact on the game. I, 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 and, he, and he was commissioner for – Longer than anybody I can remember, so I, I I'd do it. I would I would put him in there. I think you put him in. You have to put in anybody. You know. You know. Because he fostered that whole steroid environment, and if that's something that really upsets people, then they have to take that into consideration too. I think I would vote him in, and I'd vote in all the steroid guys. Yeah, I know you would. So I have you know. I mean, yeah. it's it's easy for me, but yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of getting tripped up in their own. But a lot of people are angry that he's in there. Yeah, you know they don't like him. Uh, we got to take a break. 603-883-9900, your phone number. Uh, we'll be back after this year on Christian and King. All the best sports coverage in New England. Make sure you tune in to ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jarouk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior has been very crazy football-wise, like winning it in OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 Football State Champions? Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in DHS history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the Elliott Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, part of the National Honor Society School. So there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. Like volunteer for blood drives. And I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around $1,000 worth. What inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stanks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but like, when it's time to you know, put on the pad, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. 
map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown. Playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit DisneyOnIce.com today. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls' and boys' teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Salhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. Corporal John Vale was on patrol when his truck flipped. I realized I can't move my legs. When John arrived at the VA, Paralyzed Veterans of America was there to advocate for him and help John with his claim. PVA has helped hundreds of thousands of veterans get the care and benefits they've earned, and their service is free. If you need help with a claim or just navigating the system, contact us at pva.org. You are. Don't forget to listen on your TuneIn app on all smartphone devices. It's ESPN New Hampshire. New Hampshire streaming live at ESPNNH.com. A little bit of breaking news. Todd Bowles said at his press conference that Bryce Petty will start on Saturday. He was a full participant in practice today. Yes, Petty, they designed some kind of a, a, a flap jacket or something for him. I thought you were going to say a diaper for when he craps his pants. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. Which he'll probably do. Yep. Uh, well, that's good. That's good news. It's going to be. Not for me, it's not. Bryce Petty. <laughs> not for me, it's not. Uh, it's just going to make that game even longer. I'll be looking at Bryce Petty down, backed up against his own goal line, right below right below me as I look down, and I'll watch him, you know, just kind of look around, dumbfounded, before Rob Nikovich gets in his face and buries him. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then they'll knock him out of the game, and, and, uh, Sol- and uh, Fitzpatrick will have to come in. What do you think of um, – what do you think of this sort of – Rush to get Brissett back. Um, Want to have three QBs for the playoffs? I mean, is that? Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it's. It's probably. I mean, if he's healthy, why not? You know, he'll be inactive. He won't be active on 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 uh, Sunday or Saturday. Saturday. Keep saying Sunday. He won't be active active on Saturday. So, but I think. Yeah, I think get him back out there. You don't want to waste a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A completely wasted year, and he and, and it's not a wasted year for him, right? He actually started, you know, two games or one game or whatever, and um, so, but if he's healthy enough, why not? But, but plus, you do need the, you know, look, you don't want to go into a playoff game 
with any kind of an uncertain quarterback situation, whether it be your depth or your starter. Yeah. So I think it's a smart move by them. <laughs> they that have him. They have him, mm. right? Some teams don't have a third guy. Right. In the past, they haven't had a third guy. They, they usually lived, don't. Yeah. They've lived dangerously. Mm-hmm. But they got them. Might as well have them. Yeah. You know? It's a 53-man roster, so you might as well fill it out. Well, yeah, but, you know. 46 are active. He'll be one of the inactives. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't have a big problem with it. I no, just thought it was. I, 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 I sort of figured it'd go one way. It'd be 50-50 one way or the other. Right. I think. I think it's you know uh, I think it's better if he's if he's able to take part in practice, able to be on to run your scout team or part or or one of your you know if they have a, a a use for him in practice as a third quarterback, whatever they use him for, whatever it is to have him there and everything else that that's got to help him. Yeah. So six zero three eight eight three ninety nine hundred is your phone number eight eight three nine nine zero zero. Another uh, non I don't know Patriot story, but not really a Patriot story. You hear what Aaron Hernandez's lawyer said? No. He blamed Russian hackers for the leaked jailhouse calls. What leaked jailhouse calls? Remember there was uh, some sort of, they said that something happened with phone calls from Hernandez to his wife or what? I, just, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about that. A but lawyer Russian. for Aaron Hernandez suggested Tuesday that Russian hackers could have been responsible for accessing his jailhouse phone calls. Um much of the discussion at Tuesday's hearing in Suffolk County Superior Court centered around Securus Technologies, a Dallas-based company that allowed an unknown person to access Hernandez's jailhouse phone calls as he was awaiting his first murder trial. Specifically, Hernandez's legal team expressed concern that attorney-client communications may have been improperly accessed. We know these phones were hacked. We don't know who hacked them. The unauthorized access into a telephone database operated by Securus. They should probably change their name. It's not all that secure. Occurred during the summer of 2014, shortly after Hernandez was transferred to Boston to be closer to his attorneys who were representing him in the Bristol County murder of Odin Lloyd. Hernandez has filed a lawsuit against Securus. Oh, for crying out loud. They said it could be a Russian hacker, with all respect, (laughs) like WikiLeaks, who was able to backdoor into the system. We don't know. So they just threw that out there. That's all it was. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's not, yeah, they're they're not, they're not actually claiming that, you know, so... No, yeah, they brought it up. Yeah, I, I I think still think that that Sanchez who testified yesterday. Yeah, I think he's the only, he's the only survivor. There's none. There wasn't another guy. You're who right. Said, the not... other witnesses were people who were around. Yeah, the scene. They yeah, weren't in the yeah. Car. This I is thought the there guy. was two other no, people. No, this car. is the guy. Yeah. You know, and I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable with what he said. You know, yeah, I think it was him, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Whoa. He said, "I can't say." Yeah, can't. yeah, but yeah, look just like him. You know, Oof. I think there's more to it. I don't. I think there's, there's probably more to be, it. Than there's there's got to be more to it than that. To, yeah. to put him up on the stand and have him talk like that. You know, mm. it's got to be. And he still pointed to him and said Hernandez. I mean, he still said it was him. You know? Yeah, but if I'm a lawyer, I latch. But then he on also it. said, "I can't say." It was yeah, him. I latch onto that if I'm the lawyer. You yeah. know, now, now look, it doesn't matter. He's in jail. He's not getting out. All of that. This is like a this is like an exhibition game, you know, not to the people who not to the family of the people who were killed, families of the people who were killed, but to the legal, you know, to to the fandom. This is like an exhibition game. He's already in jail. It's not going to change where he is. It just means that you know, you know that that's it. But I, I still I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put this guy on the stand. Another survivor of the shooting. There was another survivor of the shooting. 
Sanchez was in the car. This is the only guy who testified. Right. But there was another survivor of the shooting named Agolino Frere. Yeah. And he testified, too. He told the court he was shot twice, described the shooter as light-skinned with no beard but tattoos. Um, Tuesday's hearing focused on a number of pretrial issues like jury selection. Uh, prosecutors are asking the judge to allow Sanchez and Frere to give a general description of the shooter during the trial. Defense lawyers argue the attorney-client privilege may have been violated by the jailhouse phone calls. It's uh, so another hearing coming up in six days. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, oh, boy. All the dollars that are being spent here. I know. You know? Oh, my God. Jeez. And he's changed lawyers like for like three times, hasn't he? Hernandez? Twice. <coughs> Twice. He has new lawyers now than he did from the first one. Okay. And this guy that they have is the same guy who represented, um, what's your name, Who with the daughter, uh, that crazy girl. Who oh, yeah. Died. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, what the hell was it? Casey Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was okay. Casey Anthony's wife. Oh, my God. Um, this is going to cost him a fortune. Where's, he, where's the money I don't know. Coming? Where's the money coming from? I don't know. You know? Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable story. Can't make it up. Unbelievable story. Mm-hmm. You know? Just incredible. I'm trying to find out if there was more. All right. Let's see. Uh, what did the shooter look like, Baez asked. Looked like him, Sanchez replied, nodding in the direction of the defense table where Hernandez was seated. Hernandez, he said. During more than an hour of dramatic testimony, Sanchez told the court he watched his two longtime friends die right in front of him. Asked by Baez if he was splattered with blood, he said yes, there was a lot of blood. Um, oh, the gunman was light-skinned with a thin face, younger than him, clean-shaven, wearing a hat with a design on it. The second surviving victim... A queen, uh, I don't know, I can't pronounce it. Uh, Frere said he was shot twice and remembered the shooter firing with his left hand. He described the shooter as light-skinned with no beard and sporting tattoos. Family members of both victims were present and became emotional as the witnesses recounted sure. their loved one's deaths. One woman began sobbing, shook her fist at Hernandez. Uh, during questioning, Bias pressed the witness on how much of their testimony was based on firsthand recall and how much was influenced by media coverage. Both Sanchez and Frere said they watched television coverage related to Hernandez and saw a TMZ photo of the former NFL star taking a mirror selfie with the phone in one hand and a gun in the other. The defense argued their testimony is unreliable and should be excluded. I don't see how there's anything you can glean from these witnesses at all, Baez said. The second you're getting your evidence from TMZ, you've got a problem. There is a problem there. No, there isn't. They were, yeah, in, the, they were in the car. No, but there is a problem there. I mean, first of all... That was from a different trial. Yeah, but first of all, one, yeah, but first of all, one witness... Does it can't say for sure. He can't say for sure. You know? The other one described a person but didn't say it was Hernandez. And they admit they saw the first trial and and, and you know the the whole bit. Now the prosecution Yeah, here's the thing. One more thing. Is there any video of Hernandez in that club? Yes. Because the hat, there is the hat could ID him with the design, yeah. Right. See, that's that could be. But a there thing. could have been a lot of guys wearing hats with designs. Yeah, we'll see. Know? Yeah. But there was an incident with them in the club. Oh yeah, no, I know it. That's what and that he was all that prompted up the whole thing. The guy bumped too. into him. Yeah, and he was all hopped up on dust too. That was right, the other thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, the prosecution st- sought to distinguish through the two men's recollection of recorded statements to police and which information was given prior to Sanchez or Frere seeing any media coverage. It's unprecedented to exclude something like that, the prosecutor said. 
referring to barring the two from testifying. She said any inconsistencies in witness testimony should be fodder for cross-examination. Judge Jeffrey Locke said he would take the motion under advisement. The two sides are due back in court on December 27th. So, in other words, the, def- the defense, the defense, the de- <laughs> defense, <laughs> defense, defense, the defense wants to exclude the testimony of the two witnesses in the car, and the prosecution wants to go with their testimony at the risk of cross exam of, of of basically extreme cross examination. Mm-hmm. It's a gamble. Yeah, you know, quite yeah, the is. conundrum. But I I don't know. They have to have more. Well, evidence. see, there's no drama. There's got to be more evidence than just there's, that there's, guy, the guy in the car's recollection. You, you, you would know? hope, but I mean, look, I mean, you know, this is these the are car pro- that drove off. They found it in Hernandez's house. Yeah, and no, the flop, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more than gotta, just, they've gotta have just a the lot eyewitnesses. They got to have a lot of stuff. The here. eyewitnesses saying it was a guy who looked like Hernandez is probably enough, right? But, but considering other, the rest, the car, there were other and all guys other stuff. with Hernandez. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff here. The other guys he was with didn't look like him. There's if it was his two lackeys, you know, if it was the two guys from the yeah, Owen Lloyd Yeah, they aren't like you and me where you look like me. You know, we're both, like we're both me, light-skinned. Like me. We're both yeah. very, very yeah. light-skinned, yeah. especially in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 603-883-9900 is your phone number, 883-9900. Quick break, we'll come back with your phone calls and uh, more on the Patriots, a little bit on the Celtics. We got that president from Arizona? Yeah, yeah, we have that we, as we well. Should, yeah, we should uh, hear that. And more on the Michael Floyd thing. That's coming up. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Are you going through a rough patch right now and could use some help from professionals? Are you unsure of how to proceed and could use a guiding hand? Well, then let the attorneys at Dehar Law Firm make life easier for you. At Dehar Law Firm, they handle a wide variety of cases, anything from bankruptcy or divorce to estate planning and personal injury. Contact Eleanor Dehar at 603-622-6595 or visit Dehar.com for more information. Dehar Law Firm, serving individuals and businesses in New Hampshire since 1950. 58. 